Good morning, listeners. This is Citizen U, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy, and with that, your ability to effectively engage in decisions affecting our communities. I'm your third Wednesday host, Mari Roden. Supervisor Dan Jurdy hosts Citizen U on first Wednesdays. Today's show is about the Great Redwood Trail. This is Senator Mike McGuire's proposed 320-mile multi-use rail-to-trail project that will span from San Francisco to the Humboldt Bay. Currently, what will be the Great Redwood Trail consists mostly of old, dilapidated railroad tracks stretching from Sonoma County north through the Eel River Canyon along Highway 101 up to the Humboldt Bay. Once it's finished, the Great Redwood Trail will be the longest rail trail in the country and certainly the most beautiful and geographically diverse. The railroad used to be under the jurisdiction of the North Coast Railroad Authority. And prior to that, of course, it supported freight operations. But the North Coast Railroad Authority was never fully funded, and the infrastructure it was tasked with reviving simply languished. So in 2018, Senator McGuire wrote a successful bill that called for the dissolution of the North Coast Railroad Authority to be replaced by two different agencies that would oversee trail development and management. The southern segment of the trail, from Marin to Sonoma County, is now under the authority of, of SMART, the Sonoma-Marin Area Rapid Transit. But the northern portion, from Cloverdale through to Arcata, is under the jurisdiction of the Great Redwood Trail Agency. This is enough introduction to get us started. I have two guests today to talk about this amazing project. First, we have Karen Gear, the Interim Executive Director of the Great Redwood Trail Agency, the entity I just mentioned that's charged with developing and managing the portion of the trail from Cloverdale to Arcata. Also with me is Neil Davis, Community Services Director for the City of Ukiah. Neil has been active in developing the segments of the trail through the city of Ukiah. So I will, good morning to Karen and to Neil. Uh, ah. <laughs> Turn off the music. Good morning to Karen and to Neil. Good morning. All right, we can hear both of you. So let's just start with Karen for, for introductions. Um, Karen, would you tell us about your professional background and how you found yourself in this amazing position? Sure. So um, I am Karen Gear. I am the North Coast Regional Manager for the State Coastal Conservancy, and it's an agency um, I've actually worked for since 1987. I started as a as a six-week intern and discovered what an amazing place it was, and I worked my way up and never left. Um, so I've been the regional manager for the Coastal Conservancy of the North Coast region since 1998. And in that role, I oversee the development of projects the Conservancy helps to fund along the coastline, uh, which are protecting public access and building trails and uh, protecting woodlands and forests and wetlands and uh, farmlands. 
um, working on climate change projects. So I have a team of, of people that work with me on those projects, and then we do all those projects in partnership always um, because we're a small small agency. We don't do these things on our own. So we're always working with land trusts and local governments and state and federal agencies and tribes to actually implement projects on the ground. So during the course of that, that time, um, obviously we've gained a lot of experience in working with the public and working on trails and planning trails. And so um, the legislature tasked the Coastal Conservancy with staffing the, inter the interim agency here, um, the, I shouldn't say, being the interim staff to the agency of the Great Redwood Trail um, and also helping to lead the master plan for the, for the Great Redwood Trail. Um, so we have several, a couple project managers who are working on the, the master plan as we speak, and um, we're, we're figuring out the interim staffing of the Great Redwood Trail Agency. Obviously, it's, um, you know, it's an agency that never had any money to do anything. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of dilapidated infrastructure. Um, there are land management issues, and we're sort of rolling up our sleeves and, and making a list and checking it twice and starting to work, work through our, our issues on land management and land ownership. Great. But in the meantime, we also have been supporting um, various sections of the Great Redwood Trail before it was actually called the Great Redwood Trail. So we have um, projects up around Humboldt Bay that the Coastal Conservancy support has been supporting for, gosh, almost 20 years, I think, the Arcata Rail Trail section. Um, now the Humboldt Bay Trail South section, um, parts through the city of Eureka and, and also going south from there from past Elk River. So um, those trails up there do triple duty. They're the Great Redwood Trail now. They are also the Humboldt Bay Trail and they are also the Coastal Trail. So, wow. Um, what a fun job. I, <laughs> it sounds like you've had a really, really exciting career and it's uh, not over by any means. Um, so let's move next to Neil. Would you tell us a little bit about your professional background and specifically what spurred your interest in and your active role that you've been taking with the Great Redwood Trail here locally? Um, sure. Well, thanks for for having me here. Um, yeah, my name's Neil Davis, and uh, professionally, uh, my original career was as a as a nurse, and I spent a number of years uh, working in the emergency room and the ICU, and kind of came to believe that it it would be a better use of my time to kind of get upstream of some of those health problems and. Uh, make it a I, I started getting more interested in uh, public health and community health and the role of our infrastructure and our built environment in how that affects health and I f took for a period worked as a public health nurse and then trans transitioned into the uh, nonprofit sector uh, to try and continue the work on the built environment making it easy for people to make the healthy choice uh, I formed the Ukiah Valley Trail Group and I formed Walk and Bike Mendocino and for a number of years Years, I was able to find grant funding that kept me um, uh, employed doing those things that I wanted to do. And then just in the last couple years, I uh, transitioned on because I'd, I think I'd, I'd forged a relationship with a lot of people at the city, a lot of city staff, um, as I worked on those other, other projects, including projects working to develop the, the trail along the railroad corridor. Um, having developed those relationships, uh, I ended up uh, finding an opportunity to join the city of Ukiah's team as director of community services. And in that role, I'm in charge of the museum, the conference center, parks and rec. Um, but I have a lot of time to, well, <laughs> I'm busy, but <laughs> sitting around, are you? <laughs> I, I can, I can 
put a lot of focus because I've got great people doing all of those different things. Um, uh, they do that stuff and I help them do that stuff. But I also have time to work on projects, to continue to work on projects that I think promote uh, public health, community health. And that certainly includes uh, the development of the Great Redwood Trail and the Great Redwood Trail Linear Park that we envision through the center of Ukiah. Right. Um, boy, there, I have so many questions. Um, uh, I want to ask some, about some of the local. Well, so I think I'll just start there and then I'll, I'll move to the greater. Uh, I want to talk, ask you, Karen, about the master planning process. But first, I have a question about the rail trail as it moves through Ukiah. I've always wondered, um, I, I happen to know the answer, but um, I'm sure listeners are curious about why there is a fence, a uh, a chain link fence that separates the, if this is a, a, you know, a rail trail, why is there a chain link fence that separates the rail from the trail as it goes through Ukiah? And maybe we'll get into this more later because, uh, but, but anyway. So, Mario, you're going to just start right out with a kind of an awkward question, huh? Okay. <clears throat> All right. We'll go right with the awkward. Why is there a fence there? Well, the, this before the advent of the Great Redwood Trail Agency and the onboarding of the California Coastal Conservancy, which we're really, really happy to have these two organizations on on board, and the Coastal Conservancy, as you were just hearing, her you know great uh, resource to help us get move this project forward. But previously, we were working with the North Coast Railroad Agency um, Authority, and um, their their mission was to return rail service. And because their mission was to return rail service, they they really were pretty reluctant to see trail work happen along there. And I think that's understandable because their mission was to return the, the, the railroad. And so in their mind, having a, a fence there was an, an important safety feature um, to have because they were thinking, well, the railroad's coming back and we have to have this, this uh, fence there. You know, there was a number of us when that happened felt like it was kind of silly. Um, um, but you know, you, 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 you do what you have to do to keep the projects moving forward. And so they had the authority to go ahead and say, we're not doing this without a fence. And we said, okay, we'll have a fence. All right. Well, we can talk uh, more um, about that and, and what f uh, future segments of the trail through Ukiah might look like, whether they'd have a fence or not, but let's step back. They won't. Okay. <laughs> well, let's step back a moment. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And, and, um, <laughs> I want to ask, um, Karen, just to make sure that it's clear to listeners, um, we're, if, in case you just joined us, we're talking about the Great Redwood Trail and um, the, the relationship between the Great Redwood Trail Agency and the Coastal Commission. Just to repeat that it's like the legal entity that, that holds responsibility and authority for this segment of the trail from Sonoma County up to Humboldt County is this Great Redwood Trail Agency. And it's got a board with representatives from their supervisors from Sonoma, Mendocino, and Humboldt counties. Um, but they don't have the staffing or experience to to turn this this old rail um, corridor into a trail. so they've they've looked to the coastal conservancy um, to to do that work. and that's where Karen comes in. So Karen, what is the next step? Um, I think it's, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to lead you to maybe talk about the master planning process unless I'm missing something. Sure, no, and I think just, just to follow on what you just said, yes, yeah, so the, the Senator McGuire was able to um, get a $10.3 million appropriation into the Coastal Conservancy budget specifically for the Red, Great Redwood Trail. 
uh, master planning and interim staffing. So, you know, we have those funds to, to work with right now. Um, and so we, as I said, we, we have an administrative assistant who works in the Ukiah office, who's the employee of the Great Redwood Trail Agency. Uh, the two project managers and myself are Coastal Conservancy employees who are sort of detailed to the Great Redwood Trail Agency. And we, and I am the interim executive director. We will be um, hopefully next year getting, getting into a position to be able to hire somebody who's, who's, you know, working on this 100% of their time. Um, so as part of that, that, Appropriation. We we started working on developing um, an RFP to get get consultants for the master plan. And the master plan is to give the vision for the trail. Basically, we're tasked with the master plan for Mendocino, Trinity, and Humboldt counties, as you mentioned. Uh, Marin and Sonoma. Um, the Marin and Sonoma sections are being planned and constructed by Smart. Oh, right. So. Um, and we coordinate, we're coordinating with them. We'll have, you know, sort of co-branding, but they are building rail with trail. You know, so they call it the path down there, but it will also be the Great Redwood Trail. Um, and that's sort of a, a, you know, a bikeway alongside the, the rail that's active down there. Um, the portion that we're working with now, so we have, to get it even more complicated, we have what, done what's called rail banking. <laughs> which is, is a process you go through the um, Surface Transportation Board, the federal agency that has oversight over the, of the rails. Um, and we've rail banked the section that's from Willits North. Um, that's about 180 plus miles. Uh, so that allows us to basically put the railroad in sort of suspense so we don't lose it. Should there ever be a time in the future when rail becomes a financially feasible thing to do? It's a little hard to imagine right now as, as I've walked portions of the Old River Canyon. It's kind of hard to think how you could ever make that work, but um, it puts it in suspense and it allows us to build a trail within the corridor. Um, for the section south of Willits, we have not yet started that process. We're, we're going to be moving into the, the process pretty soon, um, but the sections that have already been built have all been built as rail with trail, which is partly why you have this fence, right? So the, the sections up in Humboldt Bay that were built were the same way. They're not on top of the tracks, they're next to the tracks. Can I ask, can uh, I interrupt and ask you just a question right there? So, so long as the rail banking, uh, the application for rail banking for the area south of Willits mm -hmm. um, hasn't started and hasn't been c approved by the Surface Transportation Board, mm -hmm. does that mean that any... Uh, any portions of the rail trail that we hope we in in this southern area hope hope to develop will have to be a rail next to trail until At that this time. Point, that's, that's what's allowed. The the um, the former NCRA had a rail with trail policy, and that that you could build along there as you need to preserve the rail line basically. But even though they don't exist anymore, they've been dissolved. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the that's policy the that policy carries that through. That we, work under yes um, and, because we, we can't do anything that removes the rail right we can't the possibility of the rail if, if it would sever the it would sever the um the rail banking if we were to take up the rails so can i we need to preserve the rail corridor i'd like to just focus a little bit on the rail banking issue um because there's there are folks eager in this area to to keep moving forward um, mm -hmm. but, but ideally without expensive chain link fences that are, they're not only expensive, but they're unsightly. What, what is, does the process look like for rail banking? What is the plan for moving forward with, um, doing rail banking from Willits South? 
So, I mean, that's a process we probably should have the lawyers on to explain, to be perfectly honest. It's a, um, what, what I learned going through the Service Transportation Board, it's, it's an interesting process. Um, so, as I'm sure you and your, your listeners are aware, we, you know, when we went to do the, the rail banking north of Willits, which actually started before the Conservancy um, took over uh, staffing, um, you know, that part was was thought it would be fairly simple. We didn't think anybody would be interested in that portion of the line. There's been no rail, as you all know, for 24 years. Um, you know, bridges or, or tracks hanging in the air, lots lots of issues that made it um, sort of financially infeasible. So we were a little surprised when um, first the coal train people um, appeared and, and then uh, the skunk train uh, also started showing interest in portions. So that, that really... Uh, lengthened the process um, for what we thought was going to be a fairly straightforward sort of ministerial type process to uh, lots of lawyers, lots of consultants, lots of studies and appraisals. And um, so um, I think we are taking a deep breath after having gone through that process, but we are not stopping um, our intent to continue our rail banking. And so then, you know, we will be moving forward sooner rather mm -hmm. than later. On the, on the next section. And so that can happen concurrently with the master planning process. Absolutely. That I Absolutely. interrupted you. <laughs> no, that's okay. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that will be happening uh, concurrently with the master plan process as, you know, trail construction projects are also happening concurrently. I think we didn't want to slow down anybody's work that they were already doing um, while we develop an overall master plan. So, you know, Neil, we know is working hard on getting the, the last segment done in the city limits. We also have a project up in Humboldt Bay, the, the Humboldt Base, we call it south, we'll even know it's at the north end of the bay, but it was a southern section of the northern section. Um, that one will be going to construction early next year, and those were all projects that have been, you know, in the works for years, and, and we, you know, are excited that we're going to have connections being made sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry that I, I got you off track, but you were talking about the master planning process. Sure. So under the master planning process, we now have a consulting company. We did our kickoff town hall meeting with Senator McGuire on Zoom. I think there were, gosh, there were 2,700 people on that Zoom. It was huge. Um, and we now have a website up that your listeners could go to. It's called greatredwoodtrailplan.org. Um, that sort of explains what we're doing. We're, we're really at the start of it. Uh, the, the consultants have been working hard on developing their community engagement strategy because we know how critically important it is to get um, all the community input we can and, and resolve as many issues as we can. Because um, while we may be strong enthusiasts for this trail, we recognize not everybody is. You know, it, people living along the line who haven't heard a train go by for 24 years, it's a, it's a, you know, it could be a scary thing for people to think that now and the rail line is going to start being used in a different way. So um, on that website, we have a, a survey you can do that where you can list out your interests and um, how you, and show you can sign up to get involved, to be involved in, um, in to get the, the uh, notifications when we're going to have meetings. And there will be opportunities for Zoom meetings as well as in-person meetings, um, in-person community meetings. And we have the consultants are working with some community benefit organizations for both Mendocino and Humboldt to help, you know, we want to get have as broad a reach as we can. Um, we also have a tribal engagement policy, policy um, procedures they're working through to make sure that the tribes are really um, engaged as early as possible and that we get um, their super important feedback um, 
early on. Karen, what is the, uh, I, I understand that North Coast Opportunities, which is headquartered here in Ukiah, will be um, subcontracted to do the direct outreach portion. Can you describe what that direct outreach will look like? You know, that's a, it's a good question, and we're working through it right now on, on the, in terms of the engagement strategy um, with the, the master consultants who are Alta. So I think, you know, we're looking at, at many different ways of reaching, reaching the public. So it could be, you know, tabling at community events. It could be Zooms. It could be sort of pulling together focus groups on certain, you know, key issues that people are concerned about. Um, I think it's going to be a really broad range and I'm sorry if I sound vague, but it really is going to be broad um, in, in terms of the outreach. And, you know, we're pushing the consultants to make sure that they're including as, as you know, everyone that they can. Yeah, so it, it's really in the sort of getting kicked off stage right now. It, yeah, if I could just interject, I think it's great that uh, whether it was the Coastal Conservancy or Alta Planning that went ahead and made the decision to bring in North Coast Opportunities. It's a great local agency, and they have tons and tons of experience with this kind of outreach. And and like Karen said, whether it's the farmer's market or radio shows like this, community meetings, um, using volunteer events to bring people together, they have a lot of tools in their toolkit um, for doing this kind of outreach and a lot of experience with it. So, you know, I have great faith that North Coast Opportunities will do a, a great uh, job. And, you know, I've had really great experiences working with Alta Planning as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got some great organizations working with us. Great. Um, here, and I should say for Humboldt County, the Redwood Community Action Agency is serving that same role. Yeah. So they're both community action agencies is key. Yeah. Very locally based. I want to um, reintroduce people. Um, in case you've just tuned in, this is Citizen U, a forum for exploring local government and related issues in depth to increase your civic literacy and with that, your ability to effectively engage in discussions uh, effect, uh, decisions affecting our communities. And this is one. It's the Great Redwood Trail that will uh, span from the San Francisco Bay up to the Humboldt Bay. I'm your host, Mari Roden. Um, I'm planning to take calls today. I want to wait a few more minutes. I saw a call just came in. Uh, but in about 10 minutes, I will um, open the phone lines if you want to call in. The number is 895-2448. We have Karen Gear. She's the Interim Executive Director of the Great Redwood Trail Agency, and she works with the California Coastal Commission, and Neil Davis from the City of Ukiah. Um, so we were talking about master planning and outreach, and Karen, uh, would you just repeat one more time the, the website that people can go to for uh, sure. input? It's, it's greatredwoodtrailplan.org. Okay. Um, Neil, you've been working on developing segments of the Great Redwood Trail through the city of Ukiah over the past maybe five years or so, or maybe yeah. more. I would appreciate it if you could describe to listeners what, what's been accomplished so far through Ukiah and what's next. Well, we've we've got three sections or phases that we've completed of rail with trail project. So the trail is right next to the railroad tracks, and those three phases, you know, there was various grant funding that that. Uh, uh, 
paid for those uh, projects to happen. But it brings us from the northern city limit at Brush Street now down to Commerce Boulevard um, at the end, kind of down near Costco, kind of in that area. Um, the fourth phase um, that we're currently um, working on and hope to start break ground on in the spring, um, we'll take it on down to Norgard Lane. And so we'll be from city limit to city limit at that point. You know, we've also done a variety. We've started doing kind of some landscaping things on, on along the trail, trying to uh, add some some trees and native plants. We've also completed a uh, master plan for uh, Ukiah, Great, Great Redwood Trail, Ukiah Linear Park. So we've got a master plan for what... Uh, what a linear park through that through the city would look like you know designating some areas saying this area this would be an area that would be great for a dog park and this would be an area that would be great for kind of creek access and this would be an area that might be good for a community garden and so it's not super specific but it definitely kind of outlines a, a lot of the different kind of amenities that we could have along the trail um, and, and so we, we've done that and you know planting trees has been one of the the big things you know we We've planted a couple dozen trees along the first section and then another 20 to 30, I don't remember the exact name, number on the second phase of it. Um, the third phase has actually got pretty good shade cover already, but we've also, we've had really good uh, uh, success in uh, plants staying alive. Um, so we've, we've got those plant, those trees in the ground, they're all native oaks and the phase one ones, we have trees that are 15 feet tall already. Yeah, that's amazing. From acorns. So there, there's right now the area, the corridor in which the the trail runs lacks irrigation right now, and I guess that's that's an impediment to really doing some beautiful landscaping and making this area a true linear park. Can you talk about the city's efforts to uh, bring irrigation along the corridor? Right. We we we. We applied for a grant, and um, we ended up getting the grant, but they wouldn't fund the irrigation that we put in. You know, as many of our listeners know, the city has installed um, reclaimed water systems, and we call it purple pipe. And what we were hoping was to bring that purple pipe water at least partway down. But it's it's really expensive. It was going to be $600,000 to bring that water down how we proposed it and the California Natural Resources Agency just said that's too much money for what you're doing and you, you can make that argument I could make the argument either way um, but we ended up not getting that that in um, you know obviously a lot of this trail we're thinking native plants and so if we can get plants established um, then they then they don't necessarily need water when you do native plant landscaping um, they they look better if they get some supplemental water and it'll, they'll be more pleasing to the general public you know the native plants tend to die back in the winter or excuse me the other way around in the summer um, and and they come right back and so if you're okay with how they look when they're in that dormant phase then it's great but if we can get them some additional water then you get a much more landscaped uh, look to the to the area um, at this point I don't know how we're gonna get to a point where we can irrigate the entire four miles it may be that we just need to like stub in from the street every place we can uh, the 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 purple pipe is going to go up right along Brush Street um, in their next phase. And so hopefully we can get something stubbed over at least and get that water to at least that portion of it. But it's going to be in, in this 
in phase four that we're working on right now, we're actually talking about putting in water tanks um, that we can truck reclaimed water to and use those water tanks to get the, the native plants established and then move those water tanks in three or four years once the plants are established uh, to other areas or potentially continue to use them um, as kind of demonstration gardens showing uh, how people can use native plants in landscaping with really uh, small amounts of water. Wow, it sounds like a great solution to not having irrigation through there, having these tanks. I really yeah. There's I some, like, there's there's some ex- expression about uh, born from need, yeah, the necessity like a, breeds yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. This is yeah. Invention, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the mother of invention. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to open the phone lines now. If anyone wants to call in for a question or comment to Karen Gear or Neil Davis about the Great Redwood Trail, the number is eight nine five two four four eight. And I want to have a follow-up question for Neil, which is, um, do you envision the city of Ukiah playing um, a role in the development of the trail outside the city limits? And if so, what would that look like? Yeah, I, I see us, us having a, a role in it. We're, we're wanting to partner with them. Um, we see the economic benefit to this uh, project for Ukiah, and, and part of that benefit comes from having it extend beyond Ukiah. Um, there's great benefit to us in having a linear park through Ukiah and having the trail through you from, from, uh, from uh, city limit to city limit. But if we can have a trail that extends south, even if it just from Hopland, um, it would if it just came from Hopland to Ukiah, let alone Hopland to say Redwood Valley, um, enormous economic benefit to the entire Ukiah Valley. Um, a lot of tourism there, um, and so uh, yeah, we we definitely and what 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 would it look like is exactly this. You know, Karen and I talking about you know how we can partner. Are there grants that we can assist with? Um, is there community engagement that we can do? Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, ways that we can, can partner and support the work of the GRTA, Great Redwood Trail Agency, and the California Coastal Conservancy. Great. That's exciting. All right. So we have a caller. We'll take your call. Caller, you're on the air. Can you turn your radio yeah. off, please? Yeah, yeah, it's off. Um, thank you so much for this program. It's right in line with what I've been dreaming about for many, many years. I grew up in Contra Costa County, and my husband, when he went to Berkeley, was involved with uh, R7 and R8 district, where they had $1 for every 1000 of assessed valuation. And uh, if you had a $40,000 house, $40 a year went into the parks fund, and we uh, were able to get $6 million a year and purchase 22 park sites in five years. And I think that um, I'm concerned about the medicine plants in our region. Our area here in Willits and in Mendocino, I grew up in Casper on the coast and my uh, in Leightonville for 45 years, and I've been studying with the Native Indigenous people for a long time about the various and sundry uh, medicine plants from the California Bay Laurel to the silk, what's it called, the uh, corn Corn silk is one that's uh, for bladder. The, the um, horsetail, the angelica root, the foxglove, the mustard. Uh, we have many, many mullein, uh, many plants here that are in Yerba Buena that are specifically, they can't be transplanted. They only grow where they grow. Mm-hmm. And they need to be preserved and protected and, and you know, set aside mm-hmm. as native plants. And I, uh, the tribal uh, involvement, the Pomo land back, 
movement that's going on, I think, could be very deep. I'd love to see equestrian trails. Yeah. Uh, walking trails. You're right. You're do, we're doing good things. But the cost of a windmill, a yeah. windmill for local water at $1,000 to install. And one one little three by you know uh, a little pint of oil to keep it going is so much better Come. than developing irrigation systems. The Indians would build canals, the French drain system. Come. We can Thank do you. it la- la- labor intensive using gardens, pro- the garden projects in the schools. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. Follow your hearts, and things will work out. But Thank protecting. You. The Thank you plant. so much for your call, and I yeah. I can tell you have a a lot of. Um, yeah, a lot of comments, and you, and I encourage you to go to the website and enter them all in. We have. Uh, oh, do you want to go? We have another I, caller, but uh, so hang on, caller, and we're going to hear comment I, from Neil first. I was just just say very briefly that yeah, wherever we can preserve uh, plants that native plants that are already there, we're going to do that and take advantage of of that. Um, uh, but we can also supplement it with uh, with additional plantings. Thank you so much. So we have another caller. You're on the air. Oh, great. Thank you for the wonderful radio show. I love hearing about the Great Redwood Trail. My name is Dolly Riley, and I'm calling from Redwood Valley, and I represent the Redwood Valley Municipal Advisory Council, and we would like to invite uh, Karen Gear or Neil Davis or both to come to one of our meetings. Our next meeting is January 11 at 5 p.m., and it's held at the Redwood Valley Grange. We really want to hear more about the Great Redwood Trail, and we'd like to share with you some of our ideas. Uh, they, and Yeah, I think that's great. This is, uh, you know, the, the, the outreach is already starting, you know, opportunities are already available. But I'm sorry if I interrupted yeah. you. Mm-hmm. you. Well, it's okay. And as the chair, my email is public. And I would like to give it right now to Karen and Neil so that they can email me and we can set up a time. If they can't come January 7th meeting, we meet the second Wednesday of every month, so then it would be February 8th. And they could reach me um, and the Advisory Council at Dolly, D-O-L-L-Y, P as in Paul, Riley, R-I-L-E-Y, all one word, at gmail.com. And we very much, you know, I've had a couple members call me while you were on the air saying, Dolly, call in, invite them. So we really want you. Okay. So um, I hope to hear more. And, and thanks again for all the information. And we're very much in favor of the Great Redwood Trail. Thanks for your call, Dolly. Have a good day. And okay. I just say thank you very much for the invitation. And we'll, we'll be back in touch with you. But thank you. All right. Well, this is, um, we have another caller waiting. I want to just do a quick reintroduction in case you just tuned in. This is Citizen U. I'm your host, Mari Roden, and we're talking about the Great Redwood Trail today. We'll take this last call and then we can um, have some more questions. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Good morning. Great show. Do you work with the California Native Plant Society? Thank you for your question. Um, I, I'm, I don't, 
yes, I'm a member of the California Native <laughs> Plant Society, um, and we're in contact with them. Um, don't have any kind of professional uh, contracts with them or anything like that, but we're certainly we certainly look at them. Uh, the California Native Plant Society, the Invasive uh, Plant uh, Council, um, these are organizations that we look to uh, for for help in, in knowing uh, what are, what the best practices might be in uh, maintaining and uh, expanding banks of native plants. Great. All right. Well, the phone lines are quiet for a moment. One um, management, I think this is a question for Karen, management of the trail. Once, once it's, you know, larger segments are complete. Um, that's one of the mandates of the Great Redwood Trail Agency. How is the agency envisioning management will work? Will there be funding for that? Do you imagine volunteer groups? Could you talk about that a little? Sure. Yeah, it is. It's the elephant in the room, right? And, you know, once you build it, how do you keep it? Um, and I think I think what's envisioned is that it takes a village, and in this case, it's going to take many villages. That um, different trail segments, as I said, are already constructed or in the process of being constructed. Those are being managed by the agencies and the, the municipalities that are actually building them. So, in in up in Humboldt Bay, it's the city of Arcata and the city of Eureka and Humboldt County are are building those sections that are currently underway, just as in Ukiah, and Neil gets to be in charge of that, right? So yeah. um, I think, you know, I think in, in some ways it's a little simpler in the municipality parts because you do have a city government that um, while everybody's strapped, if, if things become important and things become a priority, they, they get done. Uh, that I think the more rural areas are more challenging, and we're going to be looking for creative ways to do that. I think um, in the Eel River Canyon right now, we have the Wildlands Conservancy, uh, which is the largest nonprofit landowning, landowner in California, um, has the, the old Dean Witter Ranch, the Eel River Preserve. They've got 17 miles of river frontage. They're very interested and excited about um, helping to develop the trail along their property, and they would be the manager of that portion. So I think um, we're going to be looking for creative partnerships for the areas that are that are um, not in cities and not directly adjacent to um, very supportive nonprofit landowners. And I and it's going to be a process to figure out who who's going to be the one who who takes on those those challenges. I think. Um, there's also a difference between the, the type of trail that will be constructed in the municipalities, right? So the um, in the cities, it's a paved path, right? It's asphalt paved, bike, you know, bikes. Um, whereas in the more rural areas, it's more likely to be a backcountry trail, which does, you know, it's not as it's not as heavy a lift for maintenance um, mm -hmm. because you're not maintaining, you know, asphalt. Great. All right, we have uh, it's lighting up, so we'll take another call. <clears throat> Okay, I don't understand. So <clears throat> let me uh, see again. Hello, so, caller? Well, while Mari's working on that, trying to, to make the, the gizmos work, um, you know, there's always concern about the cost of, of maintaining trails. And there was a study that came out um, by the uh, – uh, 
I'm blanking on the the organization, the the uh, Rails to Trails Conservancy. They did the Rails to Trails Conservancy did a study of what it costs to manage uh, trails, and they interviewed trail managers from all over the country. And the the bottom line is that most of the agencies they uh, interviewed didn't even have a budget for maintaining the trails um, because it's just something that gets kind of wrapped into their general services. The city of Ukiah, you know, we maintain a hundred miles of streets, um, you know. It, in a way, adding a couple miles of path is a pretty small addition to to our pool of work. Uh, you know, I, I I don't want to minimize it. I mean, if our parks team is is listening to this, they're going to be like tearing their hair out, saying, "What's Neil saying? This isn't a big deal." I mean, they they there's there's work involved in it. Um, but at the same time, when you look at the breadth of services that an organization like the City of Ukiah provides, and the the numbers of things that we have to take care of, it's, it's this is this is part of what we do, and that's going to be the cha- the case in many areas, um, you know. And and the, the trails just you're talking about a, a a little mini road that's used by people walking and riding their bikes. It just doesn't get the same kind of impacts that you get mm-hmm. in front of Costco, where you have these ginormous trucks yeah. going in and out. Right. So. So it, it really it, a lot of the uh, maintenance ends up being picking up garbage, um, main, watching for the downed tree, or and looking at culverts after storms. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, it's not as much maintenance as you might think. All right, let's try again with the phones. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Well, it's a clear line this time. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to hear what the trail agency is thinking about the future of the 37 acres of the Willits Rail Yard. All right. Thank you for your question. Uh, at, at this point, I think we are um, simply trying to get it tidied up and cleaned up. There was um, some materials being stored on it that needed to be removed, uh, old creosote tie, um, ties and Various things. So those are getting tidied up. Um, we are we were working with the city of Willits to try and get the um, old rail cars that are there um, removed. Some of them have actually been moved. They they were owned by a, uh, another entity that's moved them down the tracks onto the skunk tracks. Um, so we're, at this point, we're we are cleaning up, and um, we don't have a current plan for reuse of the yard. I mean it. it you know, it's it's a large piece of property, but at this point, we're we're um, we got a lot of things on on our plate. So okay, thanks. So we have uh, another call. We'll take. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello, uh, delightful program. I'm so happy to hear about this corridor being opened up to the wilderness because that wilderness journey is uh, very important. To, uh, journey that people need to make in order to connect with the natural world and uh, any opportunity for that is wonderful but the opportunity for summer camp for youth i teach a wood shop i'm a waldorf teacher i put together a wildwood craft curriculum that i think would just be delightful i taught a class this summer up at ridgewood ranch and i was thinking wouldn't it be nice to do one at the museum in Willits, uh, you know, using this older technology, shaving horses, broad hatchets, uh, draw knives, spokeshays, all this pre-industrial revolution uh, technology that is so important to utilize this small diameter 
material that's choking up the forest and needs to, you know, the understory that needs to be cleaned out so we don't have to fear these catastrophic wildfires. Right. But anyway, it's a beautiful idea, and uh, I'm, I'm so happy to, to hear that it's moving ahead. Thank you very much for the show and, and all the information. Love you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, the, it, one of the the benefits of this uh, development of this corridor that's often overlooked is the the benefit it has in terms of wildfire mitigation, uh, both in terms of being able to get emergency vehicles using it to get access, but it also creates a, a ginormous uh, long fire break. Um, and uh, you know that doesn't solve all the problems, but every every little bit helps. So so that's just one more benefit that sometimes people don't think of. Yeah, that's interesting. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, we have another call. We'll take. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Thank you. Um, I'm curious to know who's going to be in charge of cleaning up uh, after and supporting um, the homeless populations that are probably going to be attracted to this lovely trail. Thank you. That's a great question. So who would like it's, to take that one? Well, I can start. I mean, Neil, Neil, Neil has hands-on experience, but Absolutely. Um, I would just say in terms of the, the overall issue, we certainly, it's, it's a concern we've already heard uh, a number of times as we've started our conversations about this and the master plan is, is going to be looking at um, providing, you know, solutions from across the country and how folks handle, um, homeless encampments along trails um I, I will say we you know i think it's it is a bit more of an urban problem than a than a out in the wild um wild and scenic eel river canyon problem in terms of scope and scale because people tend to congregate closer to where their services and and, and food right so um but it's certainly an issue we're aware of. It's certainly an issue that's going to be considered in the master plan. And now I'll let Neil tell you how he handled it. <laughs> sure. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it's, it's largely an urban problem. You know, a friend of mine and I, uh, one of the other directors at the city, we uh, took our bikes and with permission from the Great Redwood Trail Agency, um, we rode our bikes from Ukiah to Hopland. Um, it's a pretty rough ride um, at this point. Um, but once you're about a not even a quarter mile away from the city, you just don't see any homeless. Um, there's no reason for people to really be there. Um, and this is true when I see, you know, the trails that we work on with Ukiah Valley Trail Group. We don't see problems um, once you get away from the trailhead. Uh, it, it will be primarily a, an urban problem, and it's a, a problem that we're dealing with um, all over the nation. One of the things that I say to people is that trails don't create homelessness and trails won't solve homelessness. Uh, homelessness is a problem that we have, and we have it anywhere where there's an open space that they can safely go to. Um, and they go to places where they're allowed to go, which is public places. So since this is a public place, they're allowed to go there, and that's you're, we're going to see them there. Um, we're, we're in the city of Ukiah. We're working hard to, to maintain uh, the facility and keep the garbage picked up and keep it clean and safe for all users. But it's a, it's an issue that we're we're working with uh, nationwide, and um, the solutions probably are more at the state and federal level than um, for us at the city at the city you know we're we're more putting out fires so to speak is it true neil that that the more that a trail or let's say through this through the urban area of the city of ukiah the more that it's used by the public 
children, you know, people walking their dogs. Does that make it less appealing to homeless people so that there's a, is there a sort of threshold that's crossed where homeless people might find it might be less popular to them as the public uses it more? Um, I'd say yes and no. Yes, in that um, the more people who are using using it, the less likely somebody is to pitch their tent there. Um, so, you know, you generally, I think people, if they're trying to find a place to spend the night and sleep and hunker down, um, they're, they're going to try and find a place where they're out of sight and out from underfoot. They, they in general, that's going to be true. On the other hand, um, um, if you're homeless, you, you like most homeless don't own cars. I mean, there are people who are living in their cars. Um, but you know, you've got a lot of homeless people who are walking and biking to get where they're going. And since this is a transportation corridor through the city, you're going to see people using it for, for transportation. So in that, we're going to continue to see homeless. As long as we have homeless, we're going to have homeless using that transportation corridor. Um, they'll become less obvious when you see more people using it. So if there's 10 people on the trail and one of them's homeless, it's going to have kind of a different feel than if there's two people on the trail and one of them's homeless. Right. Um, we're going to start to wrap up in just a moment. So I have one last question um, could be for both of you about kind of envisioning what this could be like in the future. <clears throat> what will what will accommodations be like for people as you know, so there'll be one kind of accommodation for trekkers or bikers in the more urban areas. And then as you get out towards the Eel River Canyon, it'll look different. And I wonder if um, one or both of you could comment about what you imagine that would look like for visitors to the trail in the future. Sure. Just to clarify your question, Shay, do you mean accommodations in terms well, of... Well, like would people camp? Are there bathrooms? And would there be private businesses who, that might be able to set up a private campground? So what, what sort of different combinations of, uh, that would accommodate travelers? Yeah. So I, I, again, I keep saying, well, that's going to be looked at in the master plan, but it is going to be looked at in the master plan. Um, yeah, you can't have a long section of trail, you know, through the canyon without having places where people could overnight. And again, we're very lucky that we're unfortunate that we have the Wildlands Conservancy who wants wants to accommodate that. that that's what their mission is, is to get people out into the wilderness. They're hoping to actually get open, I think, within the year. Um, to the public, and they're looking at places on on the ranch where they could do campgrounds. Um, so I, I think part of the master planning is figure out like how how often do you need to have those accommodations? Like what how long a stretch can you go between accommodations? And then absolutely, I think it could be um, you know it's an it's an economic opportunity for landowners along the way who who want to become part of that that um, system and and have private private. Um, things that you could do along the way. Otherwise, you know, other amenities will be, you know, there will be trailheads, there will be signage, there will be interpretation opportunities. Um, but the, sort of that long section through the canyon, we will have to figure out where. Um, and the Wildlands actually does own several properties along the canyon. But um, mm -hmm. and also the trail itself this is what I was wondering about your accommodation question, whether in terms of, you know, during through the cities, obviously, it's fully it's going to be fully ADA compliant, it's going to be paved path, you know, and the great thing about railroad grades, other than when we have large erosion problems in the canyon, it's they're pretty flat. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's very accessible to people of, of a variety who have a variety of mobility mm -hmm. issues. Um, as we get into the canyon, it will most likely be a backcountry trail, it's not going to make economic sense to try and pave a path 
through the through the canyon and nor would we necessarily want to i mean that would change the wilderness experience as well so it will be you know as as smoothed out as we could make it but it's mostly going to be a you know most likely would be a dirt gravel kind of path going through the canyon right right well we're uh, needing to wind up, so I'd like to just um, ask you, Karen, um, if you have any closing remarks that um, you'd like to present to the listeners and also provide your contact information if people... Um, oh, I wanted to say, before you have your closing remarks, that on the website for the Great Great Redwood Trail Plan.org are fantastic maps. And uh, I encourage listeners to look. It really gives you a feel for the magnitude of this project and the remoteness of certain areas. So I wanted to mention the maps. But Karen, please, uh, any closing remarks? We just have a few minutes left. Well, yeah, thank you for bringing up the maps. And there, there is actually an interactive map um, on the website where, where you can go and you can put in points of interest of, you know, this would be an area I would be, you know, concerned about, or this is an area where I think it would be a great place for a, a trailhead or I would like to do these kinds of things on this part of the trail. So we're looking for all that feedback and that interactive map gives you an opportunity to drop little pins on and, and write your comments. So I'd really encourage people to do that. Um, I, I guess I would I would wrap up by saying we recognize this is a really challenging project and we think it's an amazing vi vision and we are so excited that we have our Energizer Bunny, Senator McGuire, um, in the lead and who, who has big vision and takes on big issues and big ideas um, because this wouldn't be happening without the, all the work that he and his staff um, and particularly Jason Lyles have put into this um, to get us to this point. But you know, we're at the kicking off point now, right? So, so now is where we want to develop a plan that the communities are excited about. So we really, really encourage you to go to the website to participate when you when you, if you sign up for the alerts you'll know where there are events and things you can participate in um so um greatroadtrailplan.org and uh thank you thanks karen neil any closing remarks and how people might reach you uh reach me by uh, you can email me at ndavis at cityofukiah.com and um you know i think one way that people can really help is just talk up the project if you hear somebody saying oh it'll never happen you know let them know that it is happening we've got uh, 20 miles of the trail 30 miles of the trail already built and um this can happen we can deal with the problems that were that there are problems and there's things that we have to overcome challenges but we can do that and i think just talking uh, reminding people of the great economic benefit and health benefit to this trail is really important more uh hands-on um uh reach out to Ukiah Valley Trail Group or um, to, to look for volunteer opportunities. And the city of Ukiah is hosting a Giving Tuesday event on Tuesday, November 29th. You can sign up for that at eventbrite.com. And one of the places, things that one of the things we're looking for volunteers to help us work on is uh, planting some oak trees at Riverside Park and also um, doing some landscaping along the Great Redwood Trail at Norton and Mason Street. So never, November 29th, 9 a.m., Norton and Mason Street um, to, to help uh, do some landscaping along the trail and get your hands dirty, really making this happen. <laughs> Great. Well, I want to thank both of you so much for uh, being here today. This has been a really fun show, generated a lot of interest.
This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.